Hello everyone, this is Tanika Drake and I am going to share a book with you that I've written called The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned Into My Shine. Please check that book out either on Barnes & Noble or you can find it at Amazon or any place where you can get that book. Remember, it is not okay for anyone to hurt or harm you. Please check that book out and happy reading everyone. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Church Midday Bible Study. We thank you for tuning in with us today. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 10 uh, and uh, we have just finished uh, 17 through 20 and we really enjoyed our service on Sunday and uh, we're just going to move forward and we just hope that uh, uh, you can go back and listen to the lessons up to this point. Now what's going to happen is for those who are listening around the world and, and wherever you're at we're going to finish this chapter, but then we're going to put a pause on this chapter. And then we're going to, I'm going to start preaching subject matter, which the first subject matter is going to be forgiveness. So we're going to finish this chapter. The next chapter starts off with them asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. And then we'll pick up right where we left off at a later date. But we're going to start, I'm going to start teaching a few subject matters that I think are pertinent for the body of Christ. Uh, so let's open up our Bibles to chapter 10. And we know in chapter 9, what was the pertinent question in chapter 9? Does anybody remember? The pertinent question that Jesus asked his disciples. What was the question? Who do you say I am? That's the most pertinent question that you can ask that, 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 that Jesus asked us. Who do you say that I am? And depending upon who you say he is and your relationship to who he say he is will depend upon how much God he is in your life. That question is so important. And I know that we give a lot of lip service and we say we give God all the honor, all the glory and the praise. We say that. But do we understand the ramifications of if we state that and don't do that, then we're actually putting ourselves at a disadvantage. The issue with man is we know what to say, but really we're saying it from a position of uh, everybody, we, we, we got the Christian language. And we say stuff, but just but it's in our mouth, but it's not really in our spirit to really understand the magnitude of saying he deserves all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. That's why it's Sunday I was playing with you guys, but it's interesting. It's like the flesh is scared to submit. It doesn't want to submit to God. And the battle that goes on is not between you and the devil. The battle is going on between you and your fallen flesh and your nature. You have two natures warring inside you right now. You have the Holy Spirit from the time you got saved, and you have your old nature, your old man. And the Bible tells us you have to take off your old man and put on your new man. That means it's an act of the will can only be 
manifested and known by knowing God. That's why we study the word of God. We study the word of God to know him so we can combat our flesh. So that we'll know the difference between our flesh and our spirit. Then that's the mature saying. Are we always in the spirit? Of course not. Do we get in our flesh sometimes? Yes. But what we can do is we can recognize it before we go too far because temptation will come. Temptation in itself is not sin. Temptation is not sin. It only becomes sin once you act on it and magnify it in your life. If you deny it, then you defeated it. Just that simple. But I know it's hard to do. It's easier said than done, right? It is easier said than done. But I want to get this clear in my mind. The question, who, who is this? And think about it. In Luke, he's, he's writing a narrative based upon his investigation to a person. And a lot of people think it's, the, it's what he was going to, uh, a narrative for a trial of who Christ is. And, Christ, and he's writing a narrative based upon interviews and sins so this person, Theopolis, can understand what he believes in, what he's willing to die for, what he's struggling in and through is real. Because if this book is not real, if God is not real, if Jesus didn't do what he said he'd do, we have all ran in vain. But we know he has. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us to convict us and to instruct us and to let us know, you're on the right path. Just hold on. Just hold on. Amen. You know, I, we don't get to escape the things of this world. Okay? We're born into this world. He hasn't defeated that yet. But it has no more dominion over Sin has no more dominion over us. Okay, and we fully escape the penalty of sin, but we still haven't escaped the chastisement. And I'm gonna say this: we can escape the wrath, but we haven't escaped the chastisement. And sometimes, since we don't know what the wrath really is and what it feels like, we think chastisement is wrath. Okay, it's like the difference between your mama whooping you and your daddy whooping you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well, I mean, on a normal situation. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there is a difference. I ain't saying who's who's more, you know, which one is worse. I'm just saying there was a difference between when my dad whooped me and my mama whooped me. Okay? There was a difference. So so it, it, and and whoever whooped the worst, that's who you didn't want to get a whooping by. And whoever whooped the least, that's what you hope punished you if you needed punishment. Okay? So that's the what it is. Alright. So let's start at verse 21. Uh, nice and proud and real loud, Frida. Coming from the ESV. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Father is except, I'm sorry, no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So we have the situation where he's thanking God because remember he said, pray that the laborers are sent into the field. And he did send laborers in the field. And I told you, anytime God sends laborers in the field, it's time for judgment because what the laborers are doing is judging between the true Christians and the, and the false Christians by the word, not their personal experience, but by the word. Because remember, he told them going to these towns and he said, preach the gospel, heal the sick. But if they don't receive you, they cursed. 
So at that point, he sent, he said, pray for the laborers and he sent them. And what did the laborers do? Distinguish between those who receive him. He said, if they received him, go ahead and let your peace stay in the town. But if they don't receive you, he said, dust your feet off and they're cursed. So what we do is through the word of God, what we do is continue to uh, uh, teach and preach about uh, division because when the word is truly given, there's going to call a division. We talked about that last time. What did the word Jesus said? I didn't come to make peace. I came to divide. Okay. And the first division to show you how, how serious the division is, is you had, he said, it's so serious. It's so serious that it will cause a problem in the natural family. Okay. It'll cause the problem in the natural family. All right. So, remember, he said, now he's saying, the revelation of who I am is determined by if I want to let them see it. He said, I am glad that you have shown this to children. Now, he doesn't mean age-wise. He means to the children of God, those little lambs that Jesus chooses to expose himself to in this period in time, okay? Because they're dealing with the incarnate Jesus, him in the flesh, God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us, the thing that they've been waiting on, all right? But God is a revelatory God. Anyway, it does, you need to study, all right? But again, it's the Holy Spirit that does the revealing. You need to study. You need to learn. You need to sit on a good teacher. But true understanding comes from the Holy Spirit, okay? True understanding comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's, again, the only way you're going to know the difference between you and the Holy Spirit is to know the word of God, to see if you have submitted your will to the Holy Spirit is matching up with the word of God says, okay? Anything other than that, I'm sorry. I don't care how much sentimental you about it, about it, how passionate you are about it. If it's not the word of God, it's not the truth. And it doesn't make a difference what you think and what society's done. And that's the problem with society in the church. We think that that culture has, has now invaded the church and the church is trying to be cultural accepted. Well, the Bible doesn't command us to be culturally accepted. The Bible commands us to be faithful and holy to the word of God. Amen. That's what all it does. It doesn't, it doesn't require that everybody agree with us. Amen. Matter of fact, it tells us that when, when they don't agree with us, that proves that we belong to God. Amen. But again, I, I understand that. Right? I understand the necessity and the desire to be liked, to be loved, to be accepted, and all of that. But you know what is interesting? The culture that's out here now, they fight to be accepted and put on, they want, they want to put their mind in us. Mm -hmm. But we don't fight as hard to try to convince them to put the mind of Christ in them. Mm -hmm. We just say, okay, trying to be nice. <laughs> we just want to get along. That's the highest order of things. I'm not going to fight for the gospel. I'm not going to defend the faith. Just come as you are and stay like you are. Okay? We all come like we are because way how do we come? Just that simple. We come by sinners that need to redeem. We need a savior. But you don't but you don't stay a sinner like that in Christ and continue to, to, to not participate in the sanctification that changes you. It, go ahead. Go ahead. Question: Why is it that they're fighting so hard against us, and we're not fighting against them? Is it because of 
everybody has something in them because we're created in the image of God. And it's just like they don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. Is that, I, is I, that it? Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to hear the truth. I mean, we read it in Romans in uh, Sunday. We read in Romans chapter 1 that they hide the truth in the righteous. They know God. Romans 1 tells you they know God. But the problem is they didn't worship him as God and they didn't thank God. So what ends up happening is they end up worshiping self. Yeah. They end up worshiping self. So they hide the truth in their unrighteousness. The fact that they're willing to fight for so much flesh lets you know that, see, they're antagonistic against Christians, true Christians, the church, mm -hmm. lets you know the church has to be the real thing because why would you be so up in arms about something right. that's fake? Right. Because, because even people that say that they are believers, and they come out, they, the world will fight against them concerning their occupation of them. But that person, what they believe and believing in God's work, but the person who believing in God's work, they're not fighting against what you believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and again, all we do is present the truth. We don't have to argue the truth. We need to present the truth. And look, what, what did, okay, in this book, we just read, what did he say? Go to the town. Preach the gospel, heal the sick. He said, go to one house. Don't go from house to house. Go to one house. And if they receive you, fine. If you don't, here we go. Kick the dust on your feet and they cursed. Okay? And on a broader scale, if you don't receive this gospel, this the real gospel, not the fake American gospel, not the naming and claiming gospel, the real gospel, and therein lies the problem too. The problem is, we got too many people call themselves preachers, teachers, ministers, and all that stuff. They're not giving people the real gospel. They're giving them the American gospel, which is full of prosperity in the natural and not salvation of the soul. So with that, they lump us all together. But the ones who are, are, are really teaching the word of God and love God and will to submit to God are put on the back burner. And those prosperity pimps are put up front. And they're not saved themselves. And they're not saved either at all either. They're not saved. You know, and we and again, since we like flesh, we like we measure success versus faithfulness. Mm -hmm. We measure success. We look at buildings and cars and affluence and all that stuff. And instead of saying, did 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 any of these apostles have a whole bunch of worldly success? No, they didn't. No, no. They lived a horrible, destitute life. But their life in Christ was better than their life in the world. And that's what Paul found out. Paul had it going on in the natural. And he believed because he had it going on in the highest order of his religion that he was fine until he met Christ. That's right. <laughs> and once he met Christ, he said, you know what I thought I had was nothing compared to knowing him. And that's who we are all the time. Who do you say that I am? And how much of you are you willing to sacrifice to know me even better? Hallelujah. And that's before us every day. Amen. Amen. It's before us every day. Yes. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So what he's saying is the Old Testament is full of the, the shadows of Jesus. Remember, I told you that the Old Testament is what? What is the Old Testament? 
Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. Okay? So, the Old Testament, the shadow, all the rituals, everything was a shadow of the real to come. Jesus in the flesh, the incarnate Jesus. And those prophets of old, those kings of old, the, the, the nation of Israel of old, they longed to see this moment. And he's saying, look how God blessed you to be born in this time and to see the incarnate Christ. But you can't see him unless you get revealed him because he said he only reveals himself to whom he chooses. But he's revealed it to them. And he's saying, look, look how blessed you are. They didn't deserve it to get it revealed to them. God gave it to him because he's that kind of God. See, that's another act of grace. See, grace is written in places where you it's not there by the letter, but it's there by the spirit. Did any of them deserve to be an apostle? No. Nope. No. Did any of them deserve the 72? We don't even know who they are. Did they deserve to have that power? No. But God wanted them to understand the most important part of, of, of knowing me is understanding that be, be, be uh, uh, rejoice over the fact that your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. No matter what your association is with what I give you assignment-wise and power, be, be, have more enthusiasm that you saved. Amen. Okay. Again, I am not going to lie to anybody. I don't know God going to give you a house because there are some saints that will never live in a house. They out here on the streets. That's true. That's true. And they the, and, and the saint of God. Okay. Some saints are right now around the world. The best they want is some clean drinking water. They'll never have what you have in America. Yep, some saints don't even have a full Bible. All they got is pages, and and the reason they got pages is because in their country, if they get caught with one, they can get killed. Okay, so we can't look at us and and look at the at what God is doing because what we have to understand is it's bigger than America, and it's bigger than being black in America. Okay, it's it's the world, but we normally focus on us. And we're the banner of righteousness. But if we really be honest, if we really be honest with what America is, America deserves to go to hell. America deserves to go to hell, just like any sinner. Okay? And think about the graciousness of God. The reason why America has not been destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah is because you're here. Because of the saints. The true genuine. And there's other saints that got still going to be called out of these bad teachings, bad churches, and hellish situations. That we're supposed to give the gospel to to help them get out. Amen. All right, to help to help them get out. That's what we're supposed to do. All right, go ahead, Frida. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, "Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" He said to him, "What is written in the law? How do you read it?" And he answered. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Stop. So a lawyer stood up. So obviously a lawyer heard what he just said, right? So a lawyer stands up and says to him, he says, okay, how can I have eternal life? You know, good mass. And he said, then Jesus is always smart. If you notice, Learn when somebody asks you a question, sometimes ask them the question behind their question. Okay. And then you can figure out their motive. Okay? okay? Mm -hmm. 
So this modus was to trick Jesus, test Jesus, got to remember, because by now the Pharisees are after him. The scribes are after him. So one decided they're going to take their shot. And you think about it, the reason why he won't take his shot, because they know anybody that brings down Jesus is going to get heavily rewarded. If, if, we, if we can get Jesus to the point where we can stone him and accuse him of something, then he can get rewarded. And you got to remember, Jesus knows their hearts because he's God. So he asked him, so who, what do you say? You know, and he, and he, and the, and the scribe quoted correctly, but then the scribe has another question. Mm -hmm. And what's that question, Frida? Who is my what? Neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Mm -hmm. Yeah, who's my dog? Now you have to remember the Jews are very racist. Like they don't like nobody else but themselves. Yes, so they don't look at a Gentile as their neighbor. <laughs> they, they only look at themselves as neighbors. Okay. So what, what he wants Jesus to say is that oh, you're right. And who's your neighbor? Well, it's not the Gentiles. It's only the Jews. That's what he would want to hear. But Jesus is going to explain something to them. See, you have Jesus opening up access to God in these parables. And again, they don't want to hear that. All right. They don't want to hear that the God of Israel is going to be opened up and become the God of everyone. But it's in their Old Testament that he says that because we know that Abraham was 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 saved not by the law, but by trusting God. And he was a Gentile. Yes. See, I don't I don't get this. The law didn't come until Moses. You know, and the law never could save them. All the law is proved that they needed a savior. That's all the law does. And it's kind of funny when you get people say they keep the law. Again, they're not being honest. Yep. They keep the law as they see it, not as God sees it. God wants complete perfection. If he says put a, put red lamb's blood on your doorpost, you can't substitute that for pig's blood or dove's blood or red paint or 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 or, or, or the dye of the day. You can't, just, you can't do that. You can't go back and do those rituals because it's not required of you because that was a foreshadow of the real blood that will save a household, Jesus Christ. The shadow and the substance. Jesus concealed, Jesus revealed. Okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, didn't God also give the law to separate his people from others? Yes. Okay. Yes. But they, if they could follow it. But we know what happened. He warned them not to even mingle with these other nations. He warned the men, the men, don't start dating these, don't start making babies with these other nations. Intermarriages. Don't do that. I separated you wholly unto me. Don't do that. But they did because remember those women were pretty. Those Asian African women were pretty. And them Egyptian women were pretty. And, and again, they are mere men, and they couldn't handle it. That's right. Okay? Right. They are mere men. They couldn't handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. And I'm not saying, cause we, but we know that uh, Queen Esther was pretty. Okay? So it's not as if they had ugly women. But it's not about ugly or pretty. The men are that are not under God, they are greedy. Yeah, they're greedy. They want more than, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny. As you go through life, you, you find out that, 
You always want more than what God wants for you, but then you get more than what God wants for you, but then you find out that what you wanted more of, God was trying to protect you from. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. If you'd have stayed in your lane, you'd have been all right, but because you ventured out beyond where God wanted you, it always ends up bad. I mean, the whole Old Testament, that's all that is. They would always venture out beyond where God wanted them, and it would always end up being bad for them. Okay. So they stay. They didn't stay in God's lane. No. They ended up being in their own lane. Doing what is like judges say, doing what is right in their own eyes, mm -hmm. and then trying to justify it and saying, just like this lawyer is about to do, try to justify themselves by by sounding pious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead, Frida. And he said to him, "You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live." But he. Desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Mm -hmm. Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, now hold on before you go any further. Instead of Jesus answering directly, he now he's going to give a parable. Now, go ahead. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he sent him, then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Amen. So Jesus answered with a, with a parable. He didn't ask him straight up. Now, in my studying, I heard something I thought was quite unique. In, in this story, you have a, 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 a allegory that some believe. And this is what it said. It said that the, the, the person who is, is, is going down to where they're supposed to go is just anybody, is people, okay? They said that the robbers are Satan, the devil, and it beats them up. The world beats them up. They said that the priests that would not attend to him are the religious people. And the Levite represents the legal system of Judaism. So you got the priest and you got the legalist. And both of them walked to the other side because both of them decided that this man, because of the way he looked, because of him being beat up, that he was not acceptable when they should have known that's the person that they should have helped. But then you have one who was outcast, which is Samaritan. Now you got to remember, he's talking to Jews and Jews don't like Samaritans and they don't like Jesus. So Jesus uses himself as a Samaritan. The Samaritan comes along and says, let me pick you up. Let me put you, let me, let me put you on my beast of burden and carry you into the ark of the safety. And what he says is, what he tells the innkeeper, whatever they need, I'm going to leave, but whatever they need, take care of them and charge it to my account, and I will pay them. 
Now, what other story in the Bible in the New Testament that kind of mirrors this where a person, uh, 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 is, uh, somebody says, look, whatever they need, whatever needs to be done, whatever relationship high needs to be, do it on my account. And if I need to take care of them, when you see me again, just charge it to my account because I've been so good to you. You be so good to them. And if they need anything, charge it to my account, take care of them. I'll pay you later. What book is that? One page book. Philemon. Because mm -hmm. Paul sent him back to be a slave. Okay. He had ran away. He had ran away. And Paul said, don't worry about it. Because of your relationship with me and our relationship with God, you should take go receive him back. And whatever he's cost you, charge it to me. Okay? Okay? Charge it to me. Because when, when I read it, I said, man, that sounds familiar. And, and, and again, I've read this story a hundred times, and I said, oh, man, this kind of mirrors Philemon. See, when you, when you, when you, when you, and Paul understood this, Paul understood that it was, it was good to be kind to people. And that's what we need to understand. It's good to be kind to people. But if, if you're a legalist, you have no room to have grace and mercy because the law dominates you. And if you're a religious fanatic, then that doesn't let it because it doesn't fit your framework of thinking. It doesn't fit your framework of thinking. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. See, so Jesus turned it up, flipped it on his head and said, now what you need to do since you understand and you understand that you gave the right answer both times, the one for eternal life, and now you know. To display that you understand that you have eternal life, the same mercy that was given to you, give to somebody else. And the Bible tells us too somewhere that if you want to receive mercy, be merciful. Okay? And merciful means that you're willing to, 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 to lift up those who are down in any situation and in, in particular. And I'm using that as simplistic, mean like wherever needs to be done, you're willing to do it. And a lot of people out here, they're looking for someone to give them some mercy. That's all they want. They want somebody to love them. They want somebody to, to bind their wounds up, spiritual and physical, and show the love of Christ. Well, who better to do that than us? Or do we think that, that we're too good for that? There's churches out here that are so affluent, but, and, and they give pennies away. But it looks like they're giving a lot away. It looks like they're going down and doing stuff, but they're doing just photo ops. What about these ministries that get out in these streets every day? When we were down at the riverfront with the Mississippi for Jesus, when it first got started, that's when it was the purest. We were going down there, no fanfare, no news. Didn't nobody know about us. We were going down there, me, Randy Berry, and, and, and Purdy, and some others, that core group that started the Misfits, and we were down at the riverfront. I don't care if it was 10 below zero, giving out food, giving the word of God. And then all of a sudden we watch it begin to change because you used to didn't have to make an appointment as a church to come down. You just, the individuals came down. Then all of a sudden buses of churches start showing up. And they set up whole tables full of food. And on the surface that looks real good, you know. 
But it ends up happening. They Randy and them had to start scheduling church. They had to have a schedule. Like, okay, uh, praise Tabernacle, you're gonna come down this day. You're gonna come down this day. And so on and so forth. Because what ended up happening, you had more churches down there for photo ops than you had people that needed to be to be saved. And you kind of didn't know who they were because we all were mingled together. And then what they did was as more people showed up, those who needed it stopped coming. So Randy said, I'm done. See, that's how you know it has ran its course and it went in a different direction because now we can't tell who needs to be bound up or not. Who needs to be who needs to be helped or not? Because it's not so evident because we got so many people down here looking for the photo op. Hey, it's time for this to come to an end. It's time for this to come to an end. I thank God for the people, the ministries that we don't know that's out here doing the work of the Lord. And that's why he said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. There are so many people out here running for Christ that you'll never know. Churches, the remnant that are running for Christ and love on people and try to bind their wounds up and get them saved that you'll never know. And see, that's the confidence that I have. The remnant are unknown people. The remnant is not mega. The remnant are the small group of loving Christians that understand the mission of God and their assignment or their purpose in God is to give out the gospel and to do whatever they can for people. And you can kind of move better when you don't have all the lights on you. See, you kind of can move stealthily in a community and walk into a community and help them when you're not having a whole bunch of cameras running around behind you. Okay? That's how we got to get back to one-on-one -on -one ministry, one-on-one -on -one discipleship. Like Sister Frieda's doing one of her friends. Okay? She's actually personally discipling her. She brought her up here to our church when nobody was here and they sit down and study the Word of God together. Now, Nobody know, would know she's doing that unless I told you. But she's doing it because she loves her friend. Her friend is curious. Somehow or another, this friend got curious and wanted, wanted to see, okay, me and Frida kind of same person. There's something in her that I'm seeing that I think that I want. Amen. Even though she may not be able to articulate it for real. But we know what it is. It's Christ in her, the hope of glory. Right. Yep. Frida only know what it is. For real. But she's happy that her friend wants to, and she's doing the best that she can. So what happens is when Frida said that, I was thinking, I say, okay, her friend say, well, she listens to us on the team. She wants to meet. She wants to meet. So am I so busy that I can't come for one person? Yeah, I'm going to come. If Frida want me to come up here and teach a lesson to this young lady, I'm going to come. Because it's not about the crowd. No, it it's about that one person that needs to be bound up. They need to be saved. They need the love. They need to see the mercy of God. And whenever she get a chance, she come to church, she complained about her kids. Well, I tell her, we got kids running around here all the time. It don't bother me. As long as they don't knock the camera over we, and, or, or destroy something, I understand that some of these young children don't have discipline. But the best place to get them discipline is not in the school, it's in the church. So when they go to school, they can have some discipline. But we got to be willing to reach the lost and we reach them one at a time. Yes, it's good that we have our platforms that we broadcast on 
and I'm glad that some of you guys are listening. But I want to challenge those who are blood-bought, who are saved, sanctified, full of Holy Ghost. Go start talking to individuals. Go start talking to individuals about the salvation of the Lord. And if the Lord, if the light of the Lord is in you, they'll get curious. And maybe they want to follow you in the church. And then guess what? They, when they come to church, they're your disciples. So now you're going to take on the responsibility of helping teach them. I don't have to even necessarily deal with them unless they want me to. But it's your job because you're their friend. They know you. They feel comfortable with you. And it's your obligation when you get a disciple. It's your job gets to double down on your learning so you can make sure you're teaching them the truth and not from your imagination. That is so important. All right, go ahead, Free. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So now we have a situation. He goes into a city. He goes to Martha and Mary's house and and they obviously are having some having a meal, and and uh, uh, Martha is serving. Mary is serving, and Mary stops helping Martha. Probably was helping Martha in the beginning, and Jesus began to teach. And you see what he says: she sat down at the master's feet and start receiving the teaching. What Mary uh, is, uh, is 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 understanding is there's something drawing me to Jesus that's more important than what I'm doing now. We back to priority. Yes. Who do you say I am? Now, was Martha doing something wrong? Of course not. She had people in her house, and she was serving them. But what Martha did was began to covet. Why am I serving, and she get to sit down at your feet? See, what Martha got wrong was she started looking at Mary and what she was doing versus looking at Jesus and what he was doing. She took her eyes off of Jesus and then put it on Mary. And they wanted Jesus to correct her and say, "Get, get, put Martha back to what we were doing, and what Jesus is trying to tell her." And he think about it. he said her name twice. Let's let you know he, he's compassionate. He's like Martha, Martha, look, I get what you're doing, and not what you're doing is not wrong. But the but understand there's something of value into what Mary is doing because Mary is understanding the revelation. Obviously, Jesus, we just read, he reveals himself to whom he chooses. Obviously, Mary got a revelation that Martha did in that moment. In that moment now. Now, Martha going to come along. But in that moment, Mary got the revelation. Martha didn't. Okay? And sometimes we need to put down what we're doing that's normal in our lives and actually take the time to meet with God at that point. I can't tell you when you need to, but all I know is there's times in my life where I need to postpone, delay yeah. what I normally do and give God some praise. Amen. Amen. Okay? Amen. I mean, it's not going to hurt me to spend one more minute in my house before I get in the car to come here to give God some praise. Amen. If I'm supposed to be picked up at 930 
and I decide not to come out the house to 935, this don't start to 11. I'm still on time. But if I'm in the midst of my praising and praying for God, I don't stop praying to doing the, the great thing to do the good thing. Okay. But our world says, rush, 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 rush. Hurry, 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 hurry. There's always something to do, do, do. Okay. But see, I take the time to praise the God who has already done it. And that's what we should do. We should take the time to praise the God who's already done everything for us. And again, you got to get into your spirit as God reveals it to you that tomorrow, the Bible says tomorrow is not promised. Yes, we make plans and it's okay to make plans. But God is saying, are you going to do the great thing now for me today? And it's not for him, it's for you. It's really for you. Can you just slow down a minute or two and, and thank God and wake up in the morning thanking God? It don't have to be no big outlandish thing unless you just want it to be. Just sit on the side of your bed and start thanking God. I've been writing prayers every morning for the past two months now, and it has made a immense difference in my life. Just to talk it into my phone on Facebook. You know, I, I, I'm putting it out there to encourage people to, 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 to take the time. Take the time. You don't have to do what I do. That's what I chose to do. See, my will says I want to do this. But I want people to take the time and spend a little time with God. They're going with your day. But you'll find out that you can talk to God anytime you want to. You ain't gotta be, you ain't gotta be sitting there on your knees and in the prayer closet and all that stuff. You ain't gotta do all of that. You can you, you can be right down the street and just like thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay to do that. And it's proper to do that. Because whatever you're doing, when God tries to take take you home in the midst of that, then I would rather go with praise being on my lips. You know, I live in light of I'm going home. And that's why I got to praise God. First of all, that he died and rose again to give me a home to go to. That's other than that other place. Hey, if I as long as I I can do I can live life now to the fullest because I know where I'm going. Yes, yes, yes. Whether I live or die, what? We belong to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And no one can take you out of his hands. Oh no. Oh no. Nothing you do can separate you from the love of God and the sacrifice that he did for you. And see, the more you understand and believe that, you can live a victorious life. When temptation comes, I don't use thou shall not. I use, you know what, God. You sacrifice your life so I don't have to. You love me enough to die for me so I don't have to. It's easier pull to do it out of love than to do it with law. Because what law do is, is actually stir it up. What you mean you can't do it? Thou shalt not. He ain't hurt you this. You, you done did it before and it doesn't happen. You know. Old Testament, there are times where they would say, you know, we know God in a way, but since he did not come down and, 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 and destroy us, it's probably okay. But you can't use Romans uh, 2, 1 through 4. You can't use God's lack of movement on your sin to think that it's okay. The fact that you would even try to justify it lets you already know it's not okay. Because you don't have to justify righteousness. Like they said, you don't have to prove truth. Truth is truth. It's going to stand no matter what. 
Now, it may take a long time to come out from under all the lies, but let me tell you what I've learned in life. These years I've been here, the truth will come out. Your parents told you that. It will come out. You know how you know how you did something wrong, y'all. And your uh, there's a situation right now with uh one of my what uh one of my friends, where their daughter and their son is lying to them on a regular basis. You know, teen, you know, thirteen, fourteen. You know what I'm saying? And and she's sitting there, and, she, and it was it was about a phone, right? And she asked, she said, the school has a no phone policy. Why are you taking your phone? And she took the phone from me because she did something wrong. And this daughter is trying to tell every lie she can to try to convince her mama to give her that phone. Well, I need it for this kind of class. I need it for that kind of class. I need it to do this. I need, Mom, give me back my phone. I need it for school. Now, when she said this, you know things changed. She said, okay, you need your phone for school. I'm going to write the teacher that you just said that said that, and I want the teacher to send me back a note to tell me that she needs for you to have your phone. You know the story changed then. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, that ain't why I need it. Then she went on to something else. Why use it at lunch? Because nobody will talk to me. Then the mother said, well then, the reason why you don't have no friends, you got your face buried in the phone. You see, when you try to justify yourself, the truth will eventually come out. You got to be patient enough for the truth to come out. Okay, And realize a lot of times in most situations where you have anxiety and frustration, look at how you're handling it, not how it appears to be. Because God has allowed these things to come into your life for you to test how you see it. Do you look at it like God and do you take personal responsibility for the situations you're in? Or do you always look to blame somebody else? See, what, what, look what Martha did. Martha, Martha said, Jesus, basically get Mary back in this kitchen because I'm working hard. I'm doing what's right. Mary's sitting there. But we just saw her that Jesus was teaching. But, but see, Mary's not, the revelation is not, it's all, it's all now, now I want y'all to get this. It's all happening at the same time. That revelation is, is Jesus teaching. They there. All this is going on at the same time. One is more occupied with one thing. One is more occupied with another thing. But the greater thing is always to be focused on God in the situation. And that's how a lot of us miss it. Because we're not focused on God enough to be in a situation and see where, how God wants to handle this. See, God, Jesus would have loved it. Everybody would have came out the kitchen and sat down and listened to him. But the revelation wasn't there. But Martha going to get there. Because Jesus corrected her. He didn't, he didn't, he, he corrected her. See, this is, this is the thing. When you, when you are Martha, you do need correction. And it was a mild correction. And just saying she's doing a greater thing. Leave her alone. Leave that person alone. They're doing a greater thing. All right? So should that have an impact on how we do correction? According to God's word? Well, it, it, well it, it depends. Some corrections need to be harsh. If, if I'm about to jump off a cliff, I don't want you down there whispering to me. <laughs> you know, if I'm about to walk off a cliff, I mean, it just depends. You've you got to let the circumstance, it's not a cookie yeah. cutter thing. Okay. The, the motive is always love. Okay. But sometimes the, the situation may call for a desperate act of love versus the soft act of love. 
Okay, it just depends on the situation. If somebody's about to step off a cliff, you need to holler at them. But if they're walking up to the cliff and you say, look, don't go up there. Don't go up there. Please, don't go up there. And they're like, I'm going anyway. But you're not going to turn your back on them. What you're going to do is let them go. And then you might give it one last shot right when they're about to take that step. Hey, don't do that. Okay. And then he might turn around or she might just say, why are you hollering at me? Uh, well, because your next step is fatal. Mm -hmm. And you didn't listen to me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Always start off slow, okay. soft, okay. coherent. But there may come a time when you have to get beyond that and actually snatch somebody from the fire. Okay. You know. With me, mm -hmm. we were visiting uh, sightseeing, okay. And you know, you up on the top, and you got clouds all down below you. And my grandson, he just started walking. I said, Go there, let me take a picture of you. Well, he just started walking. I said, Okay, Terrence, that's enough. And he kept walking. I said, Terrence, I said, Terrence, and I said, Percy, make him stop, make him stop. And he said, Boy. He about to walk off the cliff. He was just walking off the edge, and he, he, it was like he couldn't hear me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I started off soft, and I said, "That's enough, Terrence." And Terrence, Terrence, and he put in a person. Make him stop! Make him stop! He said, "Boy." Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and again, the co correction is out of love. The correction is not to control. But because we have this old nature, do not want to be told nothing? Most of, most of y'all, let's be honest, and sometimes all of us at some point are rebellious. True. That's true. We don't want to hear what nobody else got to say. Because we believe we are right. We are self-righteous. That's true. It's everybody else against us. It's always our fault. I mean, somebody else's fault. It's never completely our fault because the people made me do or the circumstance. See, think about Martha and Mary's situation. Martha's upset because Mary's not doing what she wanted to do. She's upset because Mary's not participating at the level she wants her to participate at. But she's right where Mary's right where God wants her to be. And a lot of times you, you got to have spiritual discernment and realize that this person may be right where God wants them to be, and you just need to keep doing what you're doing and leave him alone. Because God is doing something with them right this moment. Maybe there's a revelation that came to them that they need to uh, 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 come to two Bible studies, three Bible studies, whatever. whatever. I'm just using that. It can, be, it can be anything, but don't be so quick to, 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 to judge somebody because it's not what you do. Okay, it's not what you do. All right. But then again, you got on the other end, rebellion causes you to have an estranged relationship with God. Because rebellion is, is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. Yes. Rebellion got Adam and Eve kicked out the garden mm -hmm. and so on and so forth in human history. And man has always tried to justify himself with uh, uh, and, and what God did was give the law so all mouths could be stopped as we read in Romans. The law was given where God gave the law, you can't justify yourself. He gave the law, you can't justify yourself. And he said, even if you don't have a law, even the heathens have a law unto themselves. They know when somebody steals. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And there's a penalty behind stealing. I heard this story. A missionary was in a village 
and and he had brought his wife and, and there was a group and there was a guy, the actual missionary that stayed there and the wife left the purse in the middle of the, of the village. And the, and the moral law of that village is we don't steal. And the lady couldn't believe that these savages, these so-called savages, that she could leave her purse in and nobody would touch it. They could sit there all night, all day, all week, 10 months from now. That person will sit there because they know it don't belong to them. And they're not going to be curious and go up and check it. What y'all going to do? Let me go see. <laughs> Who's is it? You know. Right. There you go. Freedom. Right. But see, that's a natural reaction, though. You know something? This happened just a few days ago. My girlfriend, um, she left her whole entire purse in the cart on the parking lot of Kmart. Right up here on um, <clears throat> Westforce, wherever you know where I'm just going to Kmart or Walmart? I mean, Walmart. Because Kmart is Walmart. I'm sorry, Walmart right on that road. She got all her own for the groceries and everything. And she got panicked because she was distracted when she was on the phone while she tried to put the roast in the car. Wasn't thinking about the picking the purse. You know, she went back to the purse and still there. Praise God. But I went, that happened to me one time, too. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. And, and, what I, and the only thing I want you to get, all I want you to get is when God gives you a revelation, submit to it. Amen. When it's time to be taught, submit to it. Don't get caught up in what you're doing. Get caught up in what God is trying to show you in the moment. You, If he wants you to have time to go and do what you need to do, he'll make time for you. He, he, You're not going to lose anything by taking a moment with God. Trust me. You're not going to lose anything by taking a moment with God. And ask God to give you the revelation on certain things. Ask God to give you wisdom. He said he'll give that to you. You need, with knowledge, you need wisdom because wisdom is the ability to understand and apply the knowledge. Okay? If you got knowledge and no wisdom, you're like a loaded gun that, that, that one of these children will have. But you have to be trained. You have to have the wisdom to use the knowledge as needed. Okay? As needed. Go ahead. That's the end. That's the end. All right. So, so we're done with chapter 10. Again, we're going to take a short break and start studying forgiveness next week. All right. So then we'll come back to chapter 11. So if you want to go ahead and read the rest of, because Luke is the longest one. We got a long way to go with Luke. We'll be in the, we probably be in the June, July, August before we finish Luke. Okay. So, but we're going to take this time and do forgiveness. So tonight, actually, they're finished with uh, first, King, first, second Kings, and first, second Chronicles. Uh, Sister Venus is studying for the next leg of the journey through the Old Testament. So I'm going to teach night and day. I'm going to start with the night class tonight on forgiveness. Okay. If you want to come tonight, that's fine. If you want to, but then I'll have forgiveness on the next night. Now I asked you guys that even even um, on the on, oh, who's listening to us, if there's a subject matter that you want uh, me to talk about. Please uh, email me the subject matter. Don't di direct message me. Email me the subject matter. You can email me at witmin at yahoo.com or s-u-t-t-o-n at 968 at gmail.com or send me a text because I'm on um, WhatsApp internationally or locally, 314-629-0024. Leave your name and leave the topic that you would like us to discuss. And again, if I have time, maybe I'll teach it or I'll have somebody else teach it. So that'll be what we're doing next. So the, tonight, 
We're going to be, begin forgiveness and we're going to go all the way back to Genesis and start with Joseph. We're going to start with Joseph tonight. Now, we're not going to read all of Joseph because most of you guys know it. We're going to hit some highlights. And then we're going to talk about the forgiveness that Joseph shown on, uh, on his brothers. I want y'all to get this. Forgiveness is the only attribute that God has that we can demonstrate fully and totally towards each other. You're only as kind as you can forgive. You're only as righteous as you can forgive. Amen. So you got to learn how to forgive because that's not natural for us. Nope. Because when Jesus raised the bar and said we have to give our enemy a cup of water, you ain't going to give him a cup of water until you forgive him. That's true. Pour it on Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You pour it on him. Let's pray. Oh, grace, heavenly Father, that was a good way to hear. Oh, grace, heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to watch over us and keep us. Lord, as we begin to study forgiveness, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard, Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you, consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App or PayPal. Continue listening and your prayers are needed, welcomed and appreciated.